Hello and welcome to Know You May Not, stories about and from the service industry. I'm Justin, and as half the hosting duo here, you can count on me for a healthy dose of cynicism and sarcasm, both of which I've earned through a solid decade plus in the service industry. And I'm your host, T. From shady dive bars in rural cottage towns to strip clubs in the city to the top upscale casual restaurants in the country, thank goodness I've been blessed with a sense of humor. As service professionals, we all have a few things in common. We love good food, good drinks, and for better or worse, we love our jobs. This is Film to Table, where we talk about the restaurant industry as seen from Hollywood. Joining us today, Justin's BFF and all-around ball of charisma, we're welcoming Travis back to the show. This week, we're talking about the pilot of Sweet Bitter, wide-eyed small-town girl meets New York City. Stick around. episode of film to table film to table film to table Mm. do you have any allergies i should know about no don't ask that (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're going to be talking about uh just a little bit of like how the media portrays the service and restaurant industry and what that means and what it looks like and whether it's accurate it's a wider swath than you'd think too like there are a lot of like when you start actually putting it down on paper there are a lot more film and well like 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 like, yeah film film formats that actually like portray service in some aspect yeah so we'll we'll definitely get into a lot of those and really excited about kind of like the playlist we've got coming up but i think uh yeah it'll be a lot of fun cool Cool. And that's Travis. Hey. He is joining us today. How are y'all, people? Yeah. It was kind of impromptu, but it was all right. Substantially. As these things happen. Yeah. It's honestly kind of fitting because you're the one who put us on to this Very particular true. show in the Very first true. place. Yeah. By a friend who also was in the industry and told me, you got to check this out. So I felt I had to pay it forward to you, too. So yeah. I'm I'm curious about that. So if we can talk a little bit about the recommendation, because right. I know that, uh, first of all, I wouldn't even really mention it, although I'm sure it'll happen in the intro, but we're talking about Sweet Bitter today, and we're talking about the pilot. Sweet Bitter, which, uh, very clever, very clever. Uh, I don't know if people are familiar with the term bittersweet, um, but it's a reversal. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, there's a lot of layers to unpack there. I'm going to let you guys just ruminate on that and, but, and figure it out for yourselves. But, but also, I mean, I think you would be like, it would behoove you to mention that it also refers to uh, the tasting notes um, that, you know, we can perceive. And a uh, funny thing about it being, you know, a restaurant show so you know it's layers just peeling away those layers it's an onion i'm gonna throw this out there too i'm actually the one that's in favor of this show like i I, I think i think travis likes it as well but yeah i I think i'm the one who likes it the most and it's funny that i i feel like i'm the first one to throw criticism out it's just it no we're just talking about the title it's 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 a a stupid title we'll get there it's a stupid fucking title it's kind of a stupid title no but like you know, it's it's also a play on words. I, you know what? I don't, but that's I, I'm coming around. I I don't hate the title. I think that you know, given that you know, Chicky Poo. I still don't know her first name. Um, 
I don't remember it. I don't know. But was it Slutty Mick Ruralson? I thought it was. I thought I it was wide eyed and r- ready for anything. Rural? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was wide eyed naivety. Like, oh. yeah, no, she wide eyed Mick Sluttyson. Yeah, well, I mean, she's not slutty yet. Okay, like, let's just. I think know. the only thing we know we don't know is that she's not Scottish yet. That's like the Mick <laughs> part of that is probably that's the part I'm really jumping to. Okay. Uh, Scottish is Mac. Mick is Irish, yeah. which is. Uh, you know, that that in its own self is a term, but like mix something is Irish. Well, everybody knows the Irish are very, very, very reserved. Um, yeah, very, very Catholic. How are we talking about this right now? I'm just saying. Do we want the origin story here? <laughs> no, I, 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 now, I mean, if she's Irish, I feel bad because obviously she's, you know, she's not a slut. I just, I, I feel bad about that, you know? <laughs> I'm cutting all of this Should out. I not feel bad about that? Jesus. Right. I was like, how this started with how do we hear about the show? <laughs> now we're talking about Irish descent and sluttiness. So <laughs> if I could just throw a disclaimer in here. I'm Justin, it all up. Justin and Travis have been drinking together all night. I just finished work a little while ago, so I am, I'm coming yeah. in relatively cold. And you're the one who brought up race. That's what, not what my shit. Fu- no. It's not my shit. Yeah. No. I said Mick, and you were like, uh, Mick is actually Irish, not Scottish. And I was like, wow, I wasn't pointing fingers. I was just. No, you, you literally said, we don't know that she's Scottish at this point. Why? Well, because said, you said, and the Mick. It's true. You said yeah. And then, and then you said, no, 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 no. No, I said the Mick, and you were like, you're like, yeah, but Mick is actually Irish. Yeah. You brought up but race, Justin. You brought Justin. up the race first. <laughs> you brought up Scottish. Scottish is also well, not a race, but Scottish is also a heritage. You brought that up. Holy shit! <laughs> this is gonna be weird. All make, right, <laughs> you guys have been show. drinking all yeah. night. <laughs> I'm I'm actually very no tea. Sober. You brought up Irish. I <laughs> like, sure did. If I, I did, I don't. know. I sure did. <laughs> just just because you haven't fucked up yet doesn't mean you're the most sober at the I've table. I've never fucked right? up. No, yeah, <laughs> never, never, once. never, not Watch once. Me. Watch me. I'm the only one without notes, and I'm gonna kill this shit. <laughs> so sweet, bitter. This yes. isn't a test of how like the accuracy <laughs> of how you can retain the episode. I don't give a fuck. It's the, it okay. is. For me. Apparently, I should <laughs> stick to my notes. We're talking, we're talking about her name essentially, and how none of us know it because I don't, I don't even think it came up once. I don't think they um, mentioned it. In the no, I don't think no. so. And yeah. maybe that's like a move for the pilot. Like, right, right. Um, but honestly, um, I'm, I'm okay. I think the title of this episode or the title of the show is probably the, the thing I'm most okay with. And I think it is like it is neat that it's a play on words and the fact that, you know, she is moving to a big city by herself. And that is bittersweet. There are a lot of bittersweet elements to it. And then to flip that and be, you know, sweet, bitter because palate and restaurants and well, yeah, I don't hate it. I think it's a kind of a witty title. I mean, not to get like way too deep, way too quick, you know, not not that I'm want to just get straight in without lubing us up, but if you really want to think about Justin it, Justin lubed us up. It's I fine. mean, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, like, you this is a service industry show called Sweet Bitter, and I think you know whether you take it as sweet bitter or bittersweet, it is very much I think the dilemma that servers or anybody in the industry has when you're an individual who makes say minimum wage but makes a good amount of money and with tips without having to work, say, as long or as hard as some of our counterparts. So, for example, anyone I have ever worked who has been in the service industry for an extended amount of time 
we all have the dilemma of we see the people we went to school with going on, get their degree, make a lot of money, do the nine to five, blah, 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 whatever have you. Whereas everyone inside the industry is like, you know what, I might only work six hours a day. I'm making maybe minimum wage, but plus tips. And over the course of a year, it's essentially an 80K salary when you consider what we would pay in taxes that brings us down to say 60, whatever it may be. Of course, we all pay taxes. Of course, yeah. I mean, like hypothetically, if we didn't. Right. I I do think it's important to note. I'm just simply saying it is, there is the kind of like love-hate relationship in the service industry of, oh, I'm just a server, but I also have tons of free time. I can take off time when I want. I can travel. There is a flexibility that is not awarded to individuals who say go the traditional career path. I think that it is worth mentioning that this particular show does take place in New York. And, you know, while outside of kind of a bigger metropolis like that, like I know for us, we we are paid a a decent wage. We we follow the same minimum wage as uh, non-tipped workers where we're from. But in New York, in the States period, um, a lot lot of places, it is a lot different. And tipped service workers, you know, sometimes I've seen on social media, like, their paychecks are zero yeah. because of, you know, pay, like tip outs and deductions. And then ev- they rely on tips. So where I'm going with that is that, you know, like while we can make an okay living on paper, um, that's not even necessarily not the case. Not even on paper in most cases. Yeah. Well, I, I, but you know what I mean? Like we can make a minimum wage on paper living. Um, I feel like this is something. Not, some places pay to work in New York. Yeah, this like is that's, that's a legit heard. thing. Absolutely. And this is, this is one of the top restaurants in New York. They said eight years running. This so, is something we need to address that we haven't yet. And I do think that it's important is I think there are stereotypes that I, I certainly haven't revisited in the last decade almost. Um, that I I have as like a concrete understanding about the way things work in the States. And I don't know that that is the way anymore. Over 10 years, things might, might change. It is know? difficult. Like I know that we do have quite a few listeners in the States and I know that Brock pulled a lot of those in when we had him on. Yeah. So we would love, um, I know that a few of them have become reg- regular listeners and we do have some other American listeners. We would love to hear from you um, on that. Uh, just, you know, for, you know, I'd like to have some discourse. Yeah, I mean, it would would be super interesting to hear from people to to hear that. I mean, like, I could, you know, do the old old Google engine and and see if I could find out, you know, what the average paid restaurant worker is making. Sure, but it's nice to hear those opinion points from people who work in in the industry as well. It's never never as real as someone saying, this is what I make. We would love to have you. Um, obviously, like I've uh, I've kind of put the feelers out on social media, but I think the general consensus is that people don't like the idea of like having what they say reported. So if you would love to volunteer some information and maybe get it on the pod, we would love to have you. Um, podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Mm. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, back to Sweet Bitter. <laughs> Yeah. Just a side point. I think it's, I think it's valid. Point. So we're critiquing essentially the pilot, which I think will probably be uh, the running, at least for most of the shows that uh, that we talk about. One is TV series and stuff like that. Well, yeah. I mean, like there is a second season out. We have yeah, the first season. we haven't seen it yet. But. Yeah, but uh, it's unfortunate because though it's supposed to be accessible by Prime Video, uh, it's not. No, you have to you have to pay for another service anyway, but uh, I'm just gonna put this out here. 
spoiler alert, if you haven't seen, potential spoiler alert, uh, if we do spoil anything and you haven't seen it yet, uh, show's been out for like three years, but, um, you know, like to throw that out there. So potential spoilers ahead. It's worth watching. Hmm. Okay, so what essentially um, our unnamed protagonist uh, she. moves. She, she, yeah. um, <laughs> we'll, we'll assume gender. She seems to present as a she, so um, moves. She's, moves she's, she certainly <laughs> does in later episodes. Seems so. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's the spoiler right there. <laughs> so uh, it seems like she moves out of her small town at her parents' house um, to the big city. New York City. Um, that's yeah, a dream she bails. for many people. It, it feels like she's leaving a relationship as well. Could be. She yeah. escapes something, finds something yeah. bigger. Yeah. yeah. Sure. She's 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 running from something, and it, it feels relationship related, but that's not. Could be any nature of relationship, really. That's not super important to the storyline, honestly. Like it's just she's leaving something, and I mean that. It's. I think it's. Well, trying meant to find herself. She's like what in her early twenties. Yeah. Maybe? It's 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 meant to be left. Um, ubiquitous so that anybody can relate to it sure you know uh which is which is great i mean that that is a well-designed show so that you know anybody potentially could come in and that's often how people find themselves in the service industry i think that's fair to 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 assume that you know you come in like it's a it's a job it's it's something you can do and make a decent wage at right um she does. She does one thing that I I appreciated that they they demonstrated. She just kind of started walking the streets. Uh, and one thing I noticed was she did it at an hour that made sense. I did notice that as well. Well, I respected that. It was in the middle of service. Nope. It was like it was at prior to service. Two o'clock. You it know, it was like two two to four p.m. kind of thing. Like she was she was running her her resume route at that point, mm-hmm. uh, which was kind of cool. And just and she shotgunned it. You know, like she she didn't hit. Like you mentioned, I, I think at one point you're like, well, I she said at one point in the show that she had coffee shop experience, but she didn't apply coffee shops. Right. She was using the computer at an internet cafe and yeah, a coffee right, shop. Yeah, right. But I, I do, and, and when in the midst of an interview, and this is a little bit later in the show, but she did say, I have... I, I have worked in coffee shops. I've served food in coffee shops, whatever. To customers. Yep. <laughs> guests. Those are guests. Clients. Super douchey. It was guests. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's, all, it's all the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> People who require things, <laughs> service of needy sons shit of bitches. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, I do have a point here that I wrote down uh, when we were watching, but like for me, as someone who clearly hadn't served in a server capacity before, um, it, it doesn't seem to have occurred to her to apply to anywhere but restaurants, which is a fucking weird flex for me because I feel like. If, if you're in your early 20s and you really want a job and you've, you, you don't have any experience serving specifically, you're probably going to apply everywhere, like pharmacies as like a, you know, retail, like all of this stuff. And the fact is, you know, whether that's just something that is implied off camera, she just applies at restaurants. It's like, girl, you don't know anything about this. I mean... Why do you think you could do this? That's that's absolutely fair. I mean, I... I I take it that the character is probably, she looks like she's at least in her early 20s. If she's in the States, she's got to be 21 to be serving booze. Yeah. So it's like, I'd imagine it's not her first job. And at very least, if she hasn't been a server before, she recognizes the benefit to becoming a server as early on as possible. You know, bang for your buck early, you know, less time for more money type of deal. Sure. It is a thing too. Like, 
and I'm not sure what the exact specifics are in New York State, um, but there was an interesting point there with the the cl- or the the guest that she sat down with, Talia, whatever her name was, Mrs. Healy. Healy was yeah, it? Like anyway, um, she did serve her alcohol, even though the sherry was clear that she poured from the bottle. But evidently, like. I know that here you have to be of the age of majority in order to serve. Right. You can be a support role um, and not serve alcohol, and that's okay. And I wonder ha- if they need like a pro serve of whatever in New York. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Yeah, well, I know um, like Ontario Smarts, like they all have their own kind of right. governing bodies. But right. you can work in a restaurant as long as you don't serve alcohol if you are if you are underage. I don't know what the details are uh, in New York, but where I'm going. Uh, potato, potato. She did serve alcohol to a guest, right? So she has to be at least of age. I'm assuming. Right. There is a certain aspect of this that is the, like the nature of the show, it, and we're we're going to get into this more. But it's directed at people who are familiar with the service industry. Yeah, it's very clear. Um, both through like the, the name of the show, you know, requires a little bit of understanding of. Um, the nature of flavors and and whatever and and that's something that we talk about on a daily basis. Um, they start to talk about terms in particular. Um, so the idea that she doesn't consider another line of work isn't super offensive to me because it's one of those things like yeah fuck if you go to watch a Marvel movie, there is a limited amount of suspension of disbelief that's expected on your part. Right to walk in the movie and enjoy it. Right. So if you want to watch this, under, understand that you're watching and, and sit down and, and just watch it for what it is. You know, so you're saying like entertainment for entertainment's sake, because well, yeah. I mean, sure. I think that the likeness to a Marvel movie, like they, she's not throwing fireballs. Like I don't, <laughs> you it's, know, like it's, it's, but not, it's just the, in, but I'm not, we're I'm picking a part where she is justified in applying. I'm what? certainly not saying yeah. it to that extreme, but what I am saying is that, this is something that we can agree, I think, collectively is directed at a certain group. And we all know we're going into, and and, and it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, an Oscar award winning performance to, to be something of value. So my question then is, I, I feel like the, you're almost like fighting the point here that like I'm trying to make or like not fighting the point, but like you're, you're contradicting and almost kind of fighting for my point. Um, I'm saying that if it is supposed to uh, be reflective of like accurately and reflective of the service industry, how come then they do they aren't more accurate with things like that because I feel like then you're doing fan service and it's okay because obviously not everybody who did this, like I'm being that purist fan who's like, well, what about an episode, blah, 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 blah. When this, and this contradicts, it's like, if you're going to be pure to it and you're going to make something that is for a specific audience who knows this probably better than you, why are you making these weird mistakes? Because, and this is the thing I'm saying, is that they are making it for that audience, but when you aim for the audience, if you thought of it as a scatter plot, you don't fire for the obscure right. You fire for the center of the scatter plot. 
anyway, right? I'm just I'm just trying to like no, kind no, of bring no, up not, all, points. Yeah, all, all I'm saying is that I I think that they are aiming for that audience. I just think that there's a wide gamut of people that fall around that particular center mm-hmm. that they are also hoping to get, but they want to appeal to them. So I mean, like we get in they they, they throw server terms out all yeah, the time, but and you know I like, feel like. I feel like the way they do that, and I think this is the biggest issue that I have with this show in general, because we did watch the first season, season rather, and I think that it it pays lip service to the industry, but it does it in a way that is inaccurate enough um, for those who do work in the industry that it can be easily torn apart. That holes can easily be be torn in it. And so in that case, it's like, hey, here's this thing that we kind of know a little bit about, but you know more. And we don't really like know enough, but we're going to pretend that we do because we just want to pander to you. But it's it's like being a Wiccan watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch on Netflix. I don't think that's trying accurate. To, trying to tear it apart and being like, but they don't actually appeal to no, true no, Wiccans. No, 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 I, I don't think that's accurate no? at all. No, I, I don't think I don't that's know. an accurate likeness. But like, what do you like? What do you mean? Like, what is your beef with it? Just how I, often I'm saying they that use the, terms? the way they like throw terms out, like they kind of ham hand them and and explain them away, like in a way that this is a way to make people who don't work in the service industry right. know what the fuck is going on. And to me, that says this is not for people in the service industry. This is a piece of entertainment in and of itself. Because as someone, like I, I didn't enjoy those moments. I felt like I was being talked down to. But that's, but that's because you're in the industry. Like if you're watching a movie that those terms out, I just, and they don't explain the I terms. I just felt like as, I was wait, being hold up. Yeah. like Death Stranding, where you're playing this game <laughs> and you don't know the fucking terms. You're like, who's oh this game really for? So it's like we are. It's for Hideo Kojima. Yeah. That's who that <laughs> game is for. <laughs> it's for it's for him and to be like. Let's I see finally get to make other game I want to change. Yeah. Like so, I, I completely understand that. Like obviously, I, anyone in the stri- in the industry doesn't need to be handheld, but for the people who they're trying to gain as much of a demographic as possible, it's like that. 10 seconds. But that's what I'm saying is who is your target then? Because if you're targeting the industry, you're missing. And if you're targeting the not industry, then it's fine. It could be industry and people potentially who want to be there. But this is why, this is why I feel like you think you should target on just the industry. And it's like, oh, well, you think you're targeting the people that aren't industry, but I think they decided to just pick a point in between. I agree. And that's why it's frustrating I because agree. it feels like they're pandering to industry. Yeah. To me, it feels like they're pandering and being like, 86. And it's like, everybody knows what fucking 86 means. It's nothing special. You don't, like, don't, I don't rub that in my face. don't think our knows what that means yet. Yeah. I but get- at the same time, the way they explain it is not a way that an instructor yeah. would but, explain it. So like, it's not, have- because they haven't picked an extreme, I because they because they haven't picked one side or the other. 86 chicky poo. It feels <laughs> like they're alienating both sides. That's exactly what I'm saying. Now, yes. I, I agree with that 100%. But because I understand it, I'm not necessarily mad at the show for it. I don't think it detracts from it because there's a lot of other things that are going on. redeemable qualities. That do demonstrate some, cool, and we're going to get into that, obviously, that it, that demonstrates some really real scenarios in restaurants that happen. Um, and it, it is, it is 
nice to see that translated to a mainstream media. It is nice to see us represented. I, I do like yeah. that. And, and outside of a joke. Yeah. And I'll say that because, I mean, we're going to do this again. But a lot of what we do is in a fucking joke context. Because mm. that's how people think of this job is as a joke. Now, I am going to bring up a point here um, that I did write down. But I thought that it was interesting that in the interview with Howard, um, who appears at this point to, to be the GM of this restaurant, he asked her, and this might just be her age, but he asked her, what do you want to be, really? And I'm like, holy shit, Howard. Nobody fucking asks somebody that when they, when they run a top restaurant in New York City. Like, you assume at that point someone is applying to am i just completely wrong here i'm, I'm only asking because you guys are like looking down but like no no obviously howard <clears throat> takes his restaurant seriously i'm only obviously I'm, staff at one of the top eight restaurants in new york city takes yeah. their job seriously and that is their that their career that is where they're at obviously fucking simone does yeah. <laughs> the only the only we'll reason talk about simone later <laughs> like, only reason i looked down is because i was thinking about it because i also have a couple notes about that scenario um Go ahead. Go ahead. I, th I feel like you got some on your lips. I, I was just I have surprised that he asked that, considering that's the question that are my customers or guests, if you ask me, I, oh, what are you in school for? You know, like I think you have to consider like the whole the whole interview in regards to him very much asking questions that she felt were not traditional interview questions. So when he asks, "What do you want to be?" It's it's not about like what are your aspirations, but it's really about finding what are her motivations. Because whatever her answer may be, whether it's a writer, director, actor, actress, whatever it is, it it shows something inside of her that he's trying to figure out if he can use that in the restaurant. Even if this current position that she may have is a stepping stone, who's to say? I mean, right. in New this York, is all so many speculation. people are aspiring blank. And yeah. I, of course, like, especially in New York. I, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm glad I let you make that point before because uh, the the point I associated with, and it's just interesting, I've been going through the interview process um, within restaurants recently, and I have gotten presented with a lot of these random, sit-down, non-directed, kind of just organic interviews right. where they're just asking you a bunch of things. You know, I mean, I got at, I asked, uh, how many pizzas do you think you've eaten in your entire life the other day? Yeah, man. That was, and, and they were like, well, that's a standard interview question. And I'm like, cool. Let me, let me think about that. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Think about it while we ask you other questions. I knew my pizza pass would come back to home. Uh, and fuck, right? <laughs> and, and like in it, I was kind of like, I was trying to remain calm, but I'm like, I think they're analyzing a, how I react to a question like that and be how I process that while I'm also processing other answers. Thinking on the fly, you know. You know, like, and like yeah. I'm, I'm doing two other things yeah, and right. also trying to come up with a number at the same time. More than so, I'm willing to admit. Yeah, so it's a cool, <laughs> it was a cool thing. And like, and we had this whole conversation about it, but I, I, I mean like, uh, T and I have had conversations about interviews many times about weird interview questions because what they do is they reveal character. And character is something that you can't teach. You need character. You need to have a backbone. You need to have a work ethic. You need to have all these things that 
are instilled in you or develop in you early. And if you don't have those coming into a job, you can't fucking teach that shit. Right. You so can teach somebody. I'm, I'm coming in here as like, in this, bringing it back to this specific example, I think that, and again, tying it back to the intended audience for this show, the fact that this is a question that is asked to all of us in multiple times, maybe sometimes a night uh, in our service careers because people just don't take that job seriously. It seemed really off color that that was one of the interview questions. Okay. I'm going to counter you and say that perhaps it's super on point and not even just as a show consideration, but what if as a, as a interviewer, you throw that question out because you know it's something that's thrown out all the time. And how the fuck do you respond to that? How do you respond to that? Do you respond as a professional? Do you respond as a green? Do you respond as someone who's, you know, I don't know, like somewhere in the middle? It is a super good Especially gauge. Especially on the floor. It's a good gauge. Yeah. And I'll say, even how you respond to it right now shows me exactly how long you've been on the floor as a server. Because how offended you are to that question tells me how many times right. you've been asked it. Or if not, how many how times, react- at least how you deal with the well, question. And, and, how, and how you've, you've reacted to right. it. Well, you know, I mean, like, it's not something that, like, you... I just, I don't... It colors you regardless. Yeah, it's, uh, to me, it just shows a general disrespect for the profession, which, you know... But you're saying that as a seasoned server from the outside watching this show. I need you to take two steps back and, 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 and try and analyze this show objectively. Yeah. Because if you do, I think that's a fucking genius question. But I honestly, I, I also think that people would have my back in this saying that we don't like getting asked that question by our guests because it, it's like, well, you know, this isn't, this is, you know, biding time. But here. we don't like it I, because it's a hard question. No, no, no. Do, I don't know. It's about a hard that. question. And I'll, t- I'll tell you this right now. I, I appreciate your perspective. It implies that we don't take our lives seriously. I, think I also it implies think that we want more than what we're doing. I think you're like, I think, con- think. Right. context, of course, we all acknowledge is important. And the context you're talking about is our guests. The context that this happens in is one professional talking to another professional looking for a job. That distinction is crucially important. Because I guess she is like looking for support, really. She's, she's like looking support. I honestly, she's looking for a job in where she has no fucking right to be looking for a job. And that is a that's a question that like I said, it's smart in that context. It kind of gives a watermark for the exposure she's had. And I I, I support that shit. I hate that we get asked all the time, but that's our sensitivity as seasoned servers. If you take our emotions out of it? That's just a smart a question. question. Yeah, I, it is a I, fair question. I know. From, a, from a guest, I feel like it's kind of a slap in the face because it's like you don't think there's, you, there's no value in what I'm doing for you right now. Like, fuck you. It's, it's no more Sorry, or less like, <laughs> offensive than if I am to ask any other individual what they want to do. Like, if I ask a lawyer you, you, what they want to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what do you really want to do with your life? Yeah, but that's that's a f- just as fair of a question. But but you know mm-hmm. what? Like As, as, as a, a director of a restaurant that's sitting down and interviewing a new hire, in that context, it is very important to ask. Because it's like, why are you here? 
you know, I would ask that fucking question. Like, and, and I have been asked that question a million times. Why do you really want this? I recently, like I said, I was going the interview process. I started transition and management and people were like, are you insane? Why do you want to do this? When I was asking um, some of my like prior managers kind of like just for some insight on like what what they wish they knew when they went into management. And that was like one of the things that I really wanted to like go around managers that I respected. Um, I asked them all that same question, like, what are the things that you wish you knew? Um, and one of my managers was like, don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was legit <laughs> his response. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah. What, what's your top tip? What is, uh, what is the thing that you wish you knew before you went to management? Don't. Don't. Every manager I've ever known who used to be ser- servant just instantly is Same like, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you know what the ironic thing too is, and this is this is the nature of humanity. There's a reason they took that job. And the same every, reason, yeah. Every same. every manager that took a, a management position over a service position could just as easily hop back somewhere else to a service position if they wanted there's to. There's been plenty of managers who have it's, done that. It's that usually lifestyle, you know? It's usually like I want to get more on Exactly. Steady so life. As much as they're family like, style. As much as like, don't do it. Don't do it. There are obviously reasons they do it as well. Yeah. well there are reasons that I I'm doing to it. To like you know? not like not fight for fucking the the prime shifts on the schedule and to not you know, there's so many things to get a lot benefits. Of fucking to reasons. Get, you know, More stability, less about the money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A lot exactly. of reasons. And you know, honestly, then you can move up maybe as entry level management. The short term, and I think that it is kind of the bane of our industry that we do think short term. I think that's just a very much universal thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, once you do think long term, director, you know, that kind of thing, like th- those are things that become options to you. Hello, friends. Just wanted to jump in here and say that if you're listening to this message, that means you're listening to this podcast for free. And hey, we love you and thank you so much for your support. But if you do want to skip ads like these, you can head on over to patreon.com slash not and become a patron today. Just five bucks a month gets you ad-free access and exclusive outtakes, as well as upcoming bonus content. Thanks. Back to the show. And we're back. <laughs> bang, bang. Bang, bang. Do you want an actual break? Were we taking? Why were we taking a break? Because we're at like half an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We've already exceeded the uh, episode, <laughs> the runtime of the episode. We could have, we could have <laughs> audio visual described <laughs> everything. I on. almost, I almost <laughs> laughed out loud because earlier too was like, "Oh my god, how are we going to stretch this episode out?" If it, I mean, the episode's only half an hour, and I'm like, "I'm not worried about it." That's, yeah, that's, that's fair. It's gonna. He's happen. just stretching things yeah. out. Yeah. Well. I uh, stretch. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I can make three into four real quick. Travis <laughs> found the air horn button. Um, that was made for it. So I think air horn. I was born of this. <laughs> one of the points I wrote down here is essentially, and, and these are more like these are chronological. So my last one was about like Howard in the interview, but when she shows up for her stage, essentially, um, like why can't you act like you fucking belong there? You're walking around like duh, 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 Simone duh, duh. said it, man. You know, she's just like, oh my god, what do I do? She's like staring wide out at everything, and I get like her introduction to that space was very rushed and very like I'd be like, what the fuck? But also like, 
this guy's rushing through the very narrow hallway right next to you. And she's like, um, excuse me, I am blah, 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 blah. And he's like, yeah, no, I've got places to be. Bitch, get out of my way. It's just what Simone said. Like, she coasted too long on just charm, got by. Like, doesn't know what the Big Apple is like. Like, I think that would shock anybody, She'd really. She'd be so fired. Yeah. I have, I have, I mean, and this is the unrealistic aspect of the show. This is the part that's, you have to suspend your disbelief, especially as a professional. Is that this dude would give this chick a stud? That yeah. she would give it to her Period. at all the start. No and doubt. then, and then past that, that she could keep it. And despite the fact her, yeah. that she fucked up. Yeah. You know I mean, the first episode, she sits down with a customer and a, like, in like a, uh, I don't think that's terrible. Like a super senile customer I don't though. Think that's now. But she doesn't, she doesn't get it. She doesn't see what's happening. Now here's the thing though, that this is the problem is that we have a different perspective because in Iowa, there are different standards. Capital city, Iowa. Okay. Yep. Where we live, obviously. obviously. Iowa City. Iowa yeah. City, the mm-hmm. uh, pride of Iowa. Of course. Um, but <laughs> if you are in the eighth busiest restaurant, yeah, I saw that. There's some sediment in tea's glass. It's oh, gross. Chunky. Chewy wine. Sorry. Mm, weird. <laughs> strange that it came out of that bottle. Uh, but uh, but if you're if you're in the eighth most popular restaurant... In New York, that's a huge deal, and I wouldn't make it there. That's like kind I, I, I'd yeah. get fired. That's yeah. kind of <laughs> like that's that's white glove service. Like I've been in places that weren't even that good that I wouldn't be comfortable working in right now right. because I wanna I wanna relate to my customers. I wanna sit down. I wanna I wanna have right. that conversation. I do that shit, and I feel like it's a benefit to what I do. But it's only because of the environment that I'm in. To be a top eight in New York, there's no fucking way that someone like that would get by. There's no fucking way that any of us at this table would get by, and that's just because our styles of uh, certain. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know you take issue on that on principle. But <laughs> uh, you know what yeah, I mean? No, like, principle, the principle here, just so everyone's fucking clear, <laughs> is that Travis thinks he's better than anybody ever, uh, always, first of all, in no. any given situation. I'm just, I just know what I'm good at, and it's making it's people everything. happy. It's just making people happy. Yeah. Well, I know what I'm good at, and it's everything that you think you're good at. But the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, and the style of service there, and you're very right, Justin, it is, it's that white glove service. It's, you don't really, like, you do kind of get They're insight formal, on your, sure. you don't, you don't get to jive with them. You don't get to have those conversations. You don't get to have like, you are the server and you pick up on things and you pick up on nuances, but you don't get to talk about that. This, this is a concern of mine moving forward as, uh, as a professional as well as that. I think that there's an expectation that as you move forward into higher levels of service, that there's this, this expectation that you, you give up your personality, that you're not allowed to relate to people as much. And, I think it depends where you're that's, serving. That's problematic for me, man. Like, but but I mean, that's what I'm saying is the higher level you go, right. the lower personality is. If you, I don't know if that's true in a city such as LA compared to New York, though. Yeah, like, because I, East, East apples and oranges, though. Like it's absolutely. I'm just, and I'm just I'm just noting but that I'm, like the culture in East Coast. I'm trying to dissociate from location as much as I can and just put it on a uh, like a like a, a scale of dining, like a, the quality of dining. Yeah. And I don't and think that's true. I don't think it's, it's becoming less true, but there is still an idea that the higher scale of dining that you're doing, the more you're expected to be served and not talked to. I think that especially, I don't know if I agree with that, especially if it's like top. And, and I know we're very much Sorry. fixating on this point, but it is top, top eight, New York. 
guaranteed this restaurant has at least one Michelin star and Michelin star service, you do not. And it, that is, is about the food. That is not about the service. And, and this is yeah. oh Michelin. No, absolutely. Yeah. Oh fuck no, man! It's you need everything. to look in your Michelin. It's everything. You need to. Look, you haven't looked in your Michelin. No, I'm talking a server's experience and dialogue. I don't think matters as much as like obviously the food quality so, as well as the menu knowledge. So. This is why I say I, I have looked into my Michelin qualifications. Okay. And if you have a knife on the ground, you don't make Michelin. Right. Yeah. At your table. But what's it got to do with me? I'm saying you're, you're, you're saying your service style, like, like how you do it. No, no, no. How you approach, Ev- like everything is scrutinized. Every aspect is scrutinized. Right. And if, if there happens to be uh, like a piece of cutlery at a place or a napkin that shouldn't be on the floor or on the chair, or there are so much shit that is scrutinized that I'm saying that every aspect of service is just as scrutinized. And to Everything the point, needs to be fucking perfect. To the point where chef owners lose their fucking mind because they are trying to control everything in the front of house and back of house to the point where they can get a Michelin star. I feel that. Yeah, it's... I'm it's, just saying, me as a server, like my dialogue with the guest in itself is not going to be the thing. It'll, it'll be a thing. It would absolutely be a thing. I, I mean, in regards to like me asking, like I'm not going to be obviously asking them about their trip to Vermont or whatever it is. Like I'm not creating a personal connection with this individual. Mm-hmm. But there are, it is very much the dining experience mm-hmm. and I am not but the that thing, server that you're talking about. I am the, thing, so the order about, taker. The thing about the Michelin grading system is that there is a series of check boxes that need to be checked right and as a server there is a whole page of things that need to be ticked off and if you don't tick those motherfuckers off as you're doing service you get this you're not making the points you. does any and, of them have and i'm actually curious do any of them have to do with like my personality and, don't, and what we talk don't about i haven't i haven't seen that list i just know that they evaluate every aspect of service and and the food. Right. And it's not just how good is the food you produce. They evaluate everything. And they are they are checking those individual steps because it's it's an incredibly regulated process. I, I would imagine that, you know, coming off as too familiar would be a, a big problem. Do you want to just being too casual? This yeah. is super yeah. random and it might just have to be cut for bonus content, but um so the Michelin star system. Um, do you know how that came out? Somebody told tires. me the other day. Tires. Yeah, no, it's absolutely tires. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 fuck, oh, I mean, fuck like, we didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Justin. Fuck, well, f- fuck you guys. But I mean, like, <laughs> apparently, I'm the only motherfucker who didn't make the association between Michelin, Michelin and tires. Yeah. Michelin and Michelin? Get, I get that, but do you know why? Yeah. Somebody else fill me the fuck in then. Go ahead. I might be wrong, but I'm going to just lay it down anyway. See what happens. (laughs) Michelin started with the tires and they were known for a high grade of uh, quality. And then they just initially had branched out out in Europe to going from like the high quality brand of tires 
to essentially grading restaurants in the region. Negative. No, fuck. Okay. Uh, that's where I thought with, it was at. I yeah. think it has to was do with that tourism. Close? Was that close? I think it's a tourism thing. No, you're far, right the fuck far off. Um, I heard about <laughs> let's, this. Let's it's unbelievable. Apart. Let's tear oh. tears, <laughs> tears I, approach. I don't, I don't have too, too much else on this, but I do remember it was touched on. I listened to a podcast called Under the Influence. It mm-hmm. used to be Age of Persuasion. And it's all about marketing and advertising because that's my background and as it is yours, Justin. Mm. But uh, I, yeah, Terry O'Reilly brought up Michelin and how like the origin of it was actually a tourism thing because they were in the transport industry and it was basically something you can trust, you know. So the same thing I said, just not, in different not, ways. Not necessarily. It's that's a, no. Take the tape <laughs> back. I said it was about high quality service no, standard, and then they applied it to something Travis, different. Travis, it's not service. Travis, it's a product. Travis, I said a product. It's a quality product. Travis, this is not a medium for you to argue your points on. You've already been judged wrong. Oh, I- <laughs> I've been uh, judged wrongly. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You are right. Go ahead. The way I have been judged is incorrect. <laughs> Doesn't matter how you feel about Thank it. Thank you, sir. It's I think un- as it's long un- as you let the case unsafe. rest, it's okay. It's, I don't it's more to do. I think they came up because they, maybe it was like an experimentation with their brand or something, but because a lot of people bought their tires, they came up with a, hey, these are places that maybe you should go because they wanted to like branch into the tourism. No. <laughs> They wanted to branch in the tourism like industry, and so they started suggesting places. So closer. Not reviewing, I didn't use a T word. I'm sorry. Not, closer. No, but- not reviewing them specifically, but being like, "Hey, these are some places in this area." Like almost like like CAA, <laughs> AAA, or, no. or AMA. The close, closer, but but the the true marketing concept that they were going with was they were super successful. They had money to spend on a marketing budget. And the idea was people weren't, they were dining in a lot. It was the advent of the microwave oven, uh, custom, oh. like like home kitchens. I, I watched a really great video actually on YouTube the other day about the, uh, the was it Swanson or something? The, uh, the TV dinner. The TV it dinner. It became a big so thing. So there was yeah. an idea of With people, TV. there was an idea at that time of people dining in more. And they weren't going out Hence, they weren't using their cars. Hence, their tires weren't as important. So there was a person that existed that was like, "Hey, it yeah. would make sense Get to involve a involve like it, create a rating system that would drive people out to go to rate the the, cus- the restaurants or whatever." And interesting, and that just blew up. The they I- they just they just sort of. Created as a way to like get people to use your cars more, and all of a sudden it became the rating system for all of Europe. So the irony here is that if you've ever watched any like Chef's Table or whatever, like half of these places you need to like donkey in. Yeah. <laughs> so, <Huh. laughs> you know, sorry, Michelin. Unless you're making horseshoes, you're out of the game. Points. Any anybody have any like specific like little things that they noticed about this episode? Sweet bitter. Uh, <laughs> I did like I so we we sort of touched on it, but kind of toward the end, um, that bitch, uh, what the fuck was her name? Simone. Again? Simone. Simone. When she was talking, she was like, "Yeah, you've coasted on She's your fucking douche. She coasted on your character for so long, charm, and your charm. Coasted on your charm for so long, and you never capitalized the opportunity to become a person." I don't um, find her charming at all, first of all. Yeah, but but I do. <laughs> I there, there, there's like, a certain, like, realness that is charismatic. But I, I do. she's naive. Yeah. 
I mean, she's, I'll, I'll say this, at the very least, she's learned how to manipulate people. And, yeah, I guess so. And that is something that's could, I mean, like, for some people is very key to their service technique, To manipulate right? super weak people, because, like, let's be honest, she was not manipulating anybody in that restaurant. No, but, no, she very well There's does, a, because she is, yeah. at She's very least, a strong personality. She also, the that weaker alert. personalities <laughs> the, won't. The director, yeah. the director, the management, management, he loves her yeah. in that. It's the so, teacher's pet. Yeah. Yeah. So she, I mean, like she's, she's playing a role that she's cultivated and it's comfortable for her and, and it's safe for her. Right. So she, she is good at doing what she does and her bit of advice is kind of like, it's accurate. It's like, just level you, up. Yeah. Yeah, like you've you've learned how to be the small f- or the big fish in the small pond, but you haven't learned how to do this. So like you need to fucking focus on developing yourself. And that's that's something we've all had to do, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the point at the end of her like very short monologue that I enjoyed was just the last statement of it's it's more than just salt. Which is very true for just being in the service industry. It's more than just food. It's more than I just like that drinks. I like that too. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that was a good point. It's the experience yep. and it's understanding that, like, food is food, but people come for that weird, you know, for lack of a better word, just like that esoteric experience that you can't really grasp or hold on to. It's just there for that moment. Well, and even even in that moment, I think that you know her her support superior was like, did you do the salt? And she hadn't. And so the message of like, it's more than just salt is like, no, 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 you were expected to do this and you didn't do it. That's the way I read it too. It's more than just salt. You need to do the things that you're expected to do. That's it. You know, it's it. And that's a militaristic ideal that I think is pervasive in restaurants um, that a lot of people don't understand that it's like, no, no, we all have a job to do. If you don't do your fucking job, everything falls apart. So don't ask why you have to do your job. Just do it. I think yeah. it's super interesting that we're like we have like those differing uh, opinions on that too. Not that I think I don't think you guys are wrong, but I think no, it's, it's interesting that it's no we wrong. we took yeah. something different from yeah. the comment because, yeah. like, obviously as a server, especially with colleagues, you hate when somebody doesn't get their sides done. But I think it's interesting, especially when you think about like something in regards to service style. It's a commitment. Where, like, I know personally, I will put sides on the back burner while I'm all the way in front of my guests, talk to them, talking to them, conversing with them, like, being all the way there. And I will stay, I'd rather stay two hours late after shift to finish off sides if I have to kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I feel that as well. And I, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't think either of us are wrong. I think your perspective of being like, because I mean, this has been said to me many times as well. Um, little things matter, right. you know, guests come in and yeah, maybe it's not going to ruin their night. If they notice some hair jam between the crack of their seat when they sit down or something stupid or just like that, like a 30 second delay between bringing plates, just dumb things, yeah. you know, but details matter. And so, a full salt shaker might seem like nothing to you. It's like, well, there was salt in it. But seeing that 
everything is exactly a how it should be, that it's perfect, that you're the first person. And I've, I've told people this before as well. I've worked in restaurants where they have uh, like felt or uh, not felt. Tracers. Suede. Suede to brush. Um, suede seats. And you brush the seats between service. Right. Because, oh, my God, yes. Because it feels like you're the first person to sit in that seat. And if you grab a salt shaker that's just been filled, it feels like you're the first person to use that salt shaker. And that might not mean something on like a, a scale when you're working in the restaurant, but if you're the person to use that salt shaker, it, it means something to you. That's and like a hotel thing too. Like if you... Pointed toilet paper. Pointed toilet paper, but like a full roll of pointed toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because then you're not using someone else's toilet paper. Nope. Like, uh, I worked at a restaurant that had kind of like a velour seating as well, which also, yeah, captures crumbs. And, oh, my God, like, it it would drive me nuts when people didn't, like, brush it off. And you could just brush it off with your hand, like, whatever. Yeah. But, like, but I wouldn't want to sit there with someone else's crumbs all and, over and the place. And this was, this was the thing that got installed in me, or instilled in me, rather, when I was working at a restaurant that had almost exclusively uh, suede seating. But it was, like, we brush, and we don't just brush the suede to, like, get rid of the crumbs. You pattern the suede. Yeah. So right. it looks sharp and crisp and new every single time. And you do it in, you know, like, whatever whatever and stroke like, made and, and but every time you looked at that section and I and this is what I've thought every time I see something with a, a suede that I pattern after I'm like you know it looks looks fresh everything looks really really clean and it just it just you it's undoubtedly it, it's an impact when you walk in the room everything looks picturesque Detailing your section is such an important thing. that, it, And that is something that I, I try to kind of like, you know, instill in my coworkers, you know, the fact that the tables and the chair backs are all lined up um, yeah. and, and Gla- everything, everything is aligned. Glassware down the table. If you're doing like a, I mean, even, even, even on a, still, if your section, if your section is straight, yep. you know, if, if your tables yep. should like look are like the same shape and they look like they should all be aligned. They should all be aligned. Even if you're doing a four top, you know, having the glasses kind of point at an angle to each other when you set them, it it just, there's no question about the fact that I think humanity responds to symmetry. We think it's beautiful. And this, this might be, this might be a controversial thing to say, but honestly, like when I see, you know, that people like let's say if we go somewhere and you know things are just kind of haphazardly thrown down and and that's fine you know whatever like uh, in the industry i think we can appreciate you know the <laughs> the the time it takes to do things like that and not everyone is as dedicated but the thing is when when someone refuses to like detail their section and really like get into kind of like making things look right not just good but right and not good enough um you know, I think that's reflected like don't don't complain when your tips are good enough, you know, because you haven't spent the extra 30 seconds to go through your section, you know, like good enough for your guests. Their tips going to be good enough, you know, I was only laughing I, I earlier. I was, I was laughing earlier because I don't remember the last time I heard Travis be this fucking quiet. He's very quiet. He's I very was passive. sort of. I, I took like two minutes off. Which I was sort of savoring the moment. It was, <laughs> it was fun. It was like, it felt good to be right for two minutes. <laughs> so I know we to were to be heard. <laughs> I'll say heard. 
we were right, but heard. We were talking about salt, <laughs> and this is where all of this came up. Um, <laughs> you know, detailing sections, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I'll do none of that shit. So That's why I have nothing to say. Speaking, <laughs> just speaking. Funny. Travis has never done a side I'm, I'm actually, in his life. I'm, I'm <laughs> Travis, Travis, the guy that like would cut in the middle of the episode. So, like she's like, uh, I know you've coasted on your charm. And he's like, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> That's that's what it is. That's my that's, that's my, my living right there. I don't coast. I, I make know, a living. I know you just said shit. charm, and this means you shut the fuck up. All right, that's where it is. Most, m- most of them just the stop mom. at. I know you have charm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I noticed. I noticed your charm. You're welcome. The rest of it's very muffled. <laughs> No, God, please, no, no! Uh, You're not allowed to do that in a restaurant. uh, It's different, different establishment. Where I was going with this is uh, speaking of salt. I wanted to talk about the the last, the last scene in this show, the last scene in the pilot with the oysters, (laughs) which I think was really funny. I I did bring up the (laughs) fact. Well, that was the idea of the oysters, and I think part of that they were branching on the fact that it like. Oysters are known as an aphrodisiac. I always you? forget that. I <laughs> always forget that. This is I eat a lot part. of oysters, and I am uh, dry as a desert. Whoa. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, let's get that. Let's get that. Where's that? Where's that? <laughs> we don't have that one yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't have that oh, sound man. yet. I honestly, I always forget that. At, Oysters are not for DZ. Uh, so, allegedly, I don't know. Right. So whatever. I mean, what I this is the only part about this <laughs> show that I don't fucking like. Honestly, is that I think it's so ham-handed in some instances where it's like, yeah, oysters in your aphrodisiac. And so, like, if you have an oyster, you're going to come in the in the walk-in <laughs> fridge, you know? like With this so, guy you don't so know. It's stupid. <laughs> she has flashbacks about a place she's never been. It's flash-forwards, first yeah. of all. And <laughs> I agree. Right? It is the one thing I don't like about this show. Well, I'll, I'll her, like, ridiculous infatuation with this, like, random bartender. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you another spoiler alert. She doesn't fuck him on a beach. So I don't know what the crashing Dude, waves were about, but... It's, like it's orgasm, okay? <laughs> That's what the metaphor is. Like okay. Oh, this is space here. Um, <laughs> no, so, so part, of what I, part of what I brought up during the show was, like, a synesthetic... Sorry, not synesthetic... No, you're right. Synesthetic palette. No, Stop tapping your fucking marker button. I swear. You just keep cutting shit out. I didn't do that. My hands oh. are right here. Okay. Uh, synesthetic. <laughs> Whose hand was that? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. The fact that like her palate is synesthetic. She eats an oyster once. Homegirl eats an oyster once. It was her first one. Her ever. first one ever. Yeah. She sees, smells the ocean and is also now having sex with this man. Like, bro, if that was the first thing, (laughs) if that was my introduction to what oysters were, I would have tried that shit at 16. I I can't (laughs) wait for our, I can't wait for our title card for this to be a meme, like, tries an oyster once. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Has an oyster once. (laughs) Oh, I'm so doing doing that, too. But let's also acknowledge that, like, the realistic experience of having an oyster for the first time is the complete opposite. It's you a know? little. It's a little like. Do I chew on it? Do I keep it in my mouth? Should I swallow? Nobody chewed on it. Nobody like, chewed the oyster. Like, I, I usually take if, two bites and if swallow. If I take several. If I love it. In, if we're keeping it in the sexual experience realm, if that experience is like putting a penis in and having an orgasm immediately, 
then the opposite would be like being double P P double DP'd with anal and also what? <laughs> what? I don't know where you're going here. Really? Like the actual experience of having an oyster, most people are like what? Like they just don't enjoy it at all. Like nothing about she it. She was open to it, Justin. She was open to the consent. Well, that does okay. That does help with the DP. Consent makes all things <laughs> yeah. good. But you sort of gag and also clench up at the same time when you have an oyster for the first time. I'm just I saying. Most I, most people, I liked them, but every single time I see somebody be like, I've never had an oyster before, and then they put them in their mouth, they're like, and then like I can see their back end tense up with their front end releases. I'm going to address that in a moment, but I would also like to say that they lucked out because nobody smelled either of those oysters. Yeah. Well, he may have. Uh, no, he did not. You didn't see that. I did see that. You he did see, not. You see him shuck it. You can't say that for sure. Yeah, but like, you, no one smelled either of those oysters. And you she assume. also took the, the oyster backwards. She did. She did have the oyster backwards. That, that, <laughs> it that, was her first that one. That fucked me up a lot. <laughs> she, yes, she, sometimes... she tipped the oyster over the shell from the pointy part. <laughs> and it just pissed me off <laughs> immensely. I was like, She yeah. drank it from the cup. Oh, but can I say... Bitch. Um, and Travis, I'm sure you know this, but uh. just, uh, I had oysters for the first time on, uh, our first date. Oh, really? Yeah. I, with, I, with I introduced her to oysters. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh. I think my first oyster was at Justin too, actually. I was, oh, Justin, you And that was whore. the last time she- You fucking whore. That was the last time she <laughs> gagged about something she put in her mouth. I highly oh. doubt it. I mean, not for the taste. <laughs> Certainly, that's terrible. But that's the oysters were why I was bracing her for that. Uh, uh, you know. No, I just where I'm going with that is like, you know, obviously not everybody like because I enjoyed it and I was I was here for it. So that's why I stuck around. <laughs> I was like, well, if you don't find that disgusting, perfect. Get a load of this. <laughs> I got a load. Get a load of this, please. Is that? Com- comfortable slimy down your throat? Amazing. Okay, let's stop. Eh, I'm good so, with it. Okay. <laughs> it's it's almost 3 a.m. Um, I think we're going to wrap this up with a couple questions. So <laughs> everyone... How are you going to edit this? I don't know. Um, so let's talk about... Do we, do we think it's good? Short, sure. short answer. Do I th- we think it's good? Short answer. Anyone who is in industry, it is worth a watch. Justin, do you think it's good? I like it. I think it has things to offer to the human condition wandering into uh, the service industry. Uh, realism. Mm-hmm. Don't ask for that, but that's not, it's not what Hollywood's about. So it sounds like a yes. I think that I think that it has things to offer people who don't necessarily work in the service industry. I think that as a piece of entertainment, I think it's okay. Uh, do we think it's accurate? Wait, I'm going to qualify that. I want a rating out of 10 on how accurate you think it is. I've I've never worked in New York. Um, Having seen the rest of the season, I'm going to get a, I'm going to give it eight. Eight in accuracy. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I. People are a little bitchier than, you know. 
I, I want to say seven. That's my initial. I actually, it's surprising because I, I like it more I than wafted, you do. I wafted. Like, I think it is very true in a lot of ways, but I think it's just dialed up a little bit more, a little more dramatically. Uh, so I think like, I don't know. I think it's just a little more dramatic for the sake of being on TV, but of I course. think it's true to the spirit. I agree with you. I'm, I'm, and, and I'm funny. Like, I, I feel like I'm lower than you guys. I feel like I'm like the seven to s- seven and a half, like seven and a half. Yeah. I really wafted between the two, to be yeah, honest. Because, like, I'm like, eh. because That's I'm, yeah. I, I expected to love this a lot more. I thought you guys were going to rate it lower, but I, I just feel like it was jazzed for, mass consumption right but that it was actually pretty pretty accurate like there was there was a lot to relate to there's a lot of true scenarios you know like that's when i was watching and actually making notes for this episode yeah like yeah oh you came at the right time you know like for an interview you you fucked up a lot in your first like yeah sure like your stash you have no fucking idea when you walk in if you came out if if an ordinary person walked into a restaurant they have no idea what they were doing. But the thing is, like, she's having a mental breakdown in the hallway at 4.45, 15 minutes before service has even started. Like, come on. That's why you don't hire women, you know? That's, you know. <laughs> that, that statement lost all impact <laughs> when you fucked that up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not, you can't say that. Anyway. Yeah, you sure fucking can. Not even if it's true. <laughs> so I guess we'll wrap up here. Um, this is kind of fun, and I definitely want to make this a, a more regular thing. Uh, thank you, Travis, for Pleasure. hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having fun. me. Yeah. Totally random appearance, but appreciate you being here. You know, yeah. anytime there's booze and friends involved, well, you know, as long as there's good bourbon, true that. Mm-hmm. Although I just served you absinthe, absinthe and vodka, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> After one bourbon, everything's good. <laughs> After one bourbon, everything's bourbon. All right. Well, this is uh this has been our first episode of Film to Table. Um mm-hmm. definitely check us out, patreon.com slash no you may not. Um if you want a little tip on top there. Um uh, sweet bitter, I think we would all kind of just basically suggest, yeah, check it out, see how you feel about it. Yeah, and watch it. um yeah, I mean huh. looking forward to the second season when we get to it. Get, get it. Get get it's off your, for you. get off your last shift and uh Kill an episode or two before your next. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just hope you have a fucking killer service yeah. overall. And if you're yeah. too nervous to talk to that 17-year-old hostess that just started last week, just fucking do it. Because yeah. who was there before she turned 18? That was you, buddy. <laughs> that was you. I think I might cut that out. All right. <laughs> Travis, say goodbye. <laughs> later, later, folks. Justin, say goodbye. I'm out. Thank you. Have a great service, everybody. We love you. So that's our show for this week. A very special thank you to our patrons and our subscribers. Not a subscriber yet? Do you like what you hear? You can subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts. If you love what you hear and want to tip on top, you too can become a patron. You can find us over at patreon.com slash know you may not. Thank you so much for the support. We love you. Have a great service.